And a good morning to you. A happy Thursday. It's Bruce, Judy, and Cheese. And we keep an eye on, I think like a, like a side eye, maybe, is what we're, we're keeping on the Illinois COVID numbers. We're concerned, right? Because nobody wants to go back in the hole. Ugh. Nobody wants to go back in the hole. Um, Judy, I know that the, the numbers continue to be... Uh, they are elevated but not alarming. Is that a way to put it, maybe? Yes, in Illinois. And, you know, it's funny because even I believe the, you know, officials, not that they ever wanted to close anything down, but you could even see their reluctance now with, all right, we're not, no one wants to look back. Yeah. Like, let's keep going forward. Let's just keep doing what we need to do. But, yeah, I mean, the positivity rate in Illinois is now at 5%. It was down to, what, 2.9 at some point? Okay. So it's creeping back up. Um, you know, it's probably worrisome. Now, on the other hand, at least something like 24% of the population has been fully vaccinated. Now, oh, we're up to in, 24. In Illinois. Okay. Yes. So, and then obviously another large number has at least the first dose. Right. Uh, um, right. Waiting for their second dose. And we know that the first dose provides some some protection. protection. Yeah, actually quite a bit of protection, yeah. right? I yeah. mean, it's pretty More good. More than 50%. Or yeah, right. it's yeah. like 75. Right. Or, yeah, and I think every every week we're hearing it's even more they're finding out. And, you know, we're doing, what, about 150,000 vaccinations a day? We're hurrying. Yeah, we are, or like everyone is. So what is fundamentally different between Illinois and our neighbors across the Agua, Ooh. Michigan? Yeah, Michigan. Because Michigan, I mean, listen, if you had, I use this as an example. If you said, well, California is this and Alabama is that, you go, well, they're, you know, they're really far apart. I mean, you could see how the, uh, well, the weather, what the hell's fundamentally different from Michigan and Illinois? Do you see what I'm saying? Like, we're, we're neighbors, for lack of better terms. Here's the thing nobody what? can figure it out. Really? That, yeah, maybe that ought to be the bigger it worry, could be, right? It, they think it's just a combination of everything. Got because it. there's not one thing they can point to. It's Yeah, why but, Michigan? But doesn't this... I'm, I'm not trying to use this to prove a point. But doesn't the number spiking in Michigan, to the point that they're talking about another lockdown, the CDC actually suggested that Michigan go on some sort of lockdown again for 10 days to try to get a, get a handle on this... It's raging in Michigan. Doesn't that, in a certain way, prove that mitigation efforts, masks, restaurant capacities, uh, six-foot social, whatever you want to say, may not have a big effect on things if the state next to them is doing them, or, or even different parts of the state, and you have an explosion in one area? Is it just... It happens in certain areas. Is it just a matter of people being around one another? Could it just be like one super spreader person? And how would you ever stop that anywhere else? Well. Because Michigan's not uniquely different. Yeah, but here's the thing. They were saying to Michigan, they they were suggesting this weeks back. And the governor was steadfast. No, she said, no, we're not going. We're not going to put them back in. We're going in the hole. Right. So the. Your argument there, so she probably should have clamped down a little bit more weeks ago. She didn't, and now there's an explosion of cases. Yeah, but my my point being is, why was there an explosion in Michigan and there wasn't an explosion in Ohio or Illinois? 
or New York, in any yeah, of the surrounding yeah. areas. What, like this idea, like Michigan's on another is, planet. My theory is, even in those states that are they have no masks, say, or their mitigations mm-hmm, are, mm-hmm. I just feel like people are still doing it. I think people on their own, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I have a friend who lives in Texas. She's like, everyone wears a mask. Okay, so, so, so Judy, I, if that's true, and I'm, 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 let's, let's accept that, that humans are still taking reasonable precautions. precautions. Regardless of the state boundary or the county or the city, then why? I'm, I'm not asking you for the answer. It's the it's the, the the million dollar question. Then why does it explode over there and across the street it doesn't? If everybody's <laughs> doing roughly the same thing, maybe the mitigation efforts aren't the thing that's either causing or preventing the explosions, the the outburst. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, except that I just I so don't agree. I have to believe. <laughs> The mitigation efforts are helping. Despite all evidence to the contrary. There's no, I don't think there is good evidence. That's the problem. I don't believe numbers in certain states. I don't think they do a good job. You don't believe numbers. I don't think certain, (laughs) I don't think some states. I don't believe in math, but for a totally different reason. I just think some states are extremely forthright and, you know, with their numbers and other states aren't. They don't. Some states like China. Is that some it? states some don't states have their, we have Nothing some blue states that don't count as well, and yeah. we have some other states that count better. We've got some states with yeah. bad math. But just to give everyone an idea, in Michigan now, right, every day, 7,000 new cases. That's compared to here in Illinois, we have about 3,000. And, and we're, we have a lot more we're higher. And when, well, we have a lot more people in Michigan. Yeah, that's true. I mean, well, no, I'm being serious. Yeah. I mean, you got a grade on a curve here. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not you know, you can't, you more, can't compare Michigan people, to right. Vermont any more than you compare to California. They're yeah, somewhere but in the I mean, Michigan's a, it's a big state. It's not, we're not so far off. It's just, it's exploding. It's Michigan's out of control. So now they're thinking they have all these opinions, you know, all this and like just what you said, this, maybe this happened, this happened, this happened. But basically, I think they're saying it's everything. The likeliest explanation is a mix of all the above, a very transmittable virus. By the way, they have that that variant there, and that's big time in Michigan. So that might be well, yeah. Why the ultimate they culprit. Okay, so Michigan has uh, 10 million people. Uh, Illinois has 12 and a half. Well, yeah, I mean, it's not that. Okay, not, yeah, not that far off. We're pretty comfortable. There's more people in Michigan, I thought. Yeah, I you know, know, right? You would... I thought Michigan was more like a Wide Dakota. One oh, of the Dakotas. gosh, no. Michigan's big. I just know that everybody, another thousand people just left Detroit. You know, I know that. <laughs> Just Sorry. this morning. I like I, I I have a friend in Detroit. He might be the last hey, one. Hey, Detroit's for, making a resurgence. Don't be laughing about again, Detroit. We're grading on a curve. A couple yeah, years, really you're gonna be like, like wanting to buy a, a beautiful historic house in Detroit. But so so And so so the the variant Yeah. It's one step ahead of a vaccination. Which Do we know what one variant? Which variant? Um, I am. What's there like a the South African, Brazilian? It's the really English. bad one. Oh God! Like I wish the I could tell one. you what that is. Yeah, well, they're all bad, but the really bad one. Okay. But that and it's being a step ahead of how vaccination. Do you, how do you stop it from leaving Michigan? I could drive to Michigan Forget in a couple it. hours. You can't. That's the problem. How do you stop it? You but but. Uh, and not, I was telling you that you didn't know because Michigan's a huge vacation spot for especially for the you midwest say huge. i think we're grading on a curve i don't think florida's worried about michigan taking its vacation spot for okay that's not i'm just talking about the variant the virus i mean people come in and out it's not like but, nobody but goes to true, michigan if that's true then why aren't we seeing it from all the people that went to michigan 
It, we're seeing it from Michiganders. Are they Michiganders? Michiganers? Michiganians? Michiganians? Let's go with it. <laughs> I never heard I that one, but it works. I don't know what it is, but we're going with Michiganians. Okay, so you, so the Michiganians are the one. Oh, that is fantastic cheese. The Michiganians. Uh, they are the ones who are, where the numbers are exploding. Um, but but I, I, the point I'm trying to make is, I think that we, man, civilization, humans, believe we have a lot more control over nature than we do. We want to believe that we have more control over it. I think we want to believe that we can stop the virus and that we can prevent it from breaking out here. And that when we have, I'm here to tell you, I don't think we can. And I think we have hot spots. I think it goes up in some areas. It goes down in other areas. And it is completely completely uh, irrespective of a mask mandate, vaccination rate, who's wearing masks and not. It just explodes in some areas, and it goes down in others. And there's hardly any rhyme or reason to it. I mean, even in Michigan, you have certain counties and cities where it's gone through the roof. And you you drive you drive 20 minutes over there and like, no, we're cool. We're yeah. fine. Everybody's well, I okay will give here. you again the example of Australia that shut down. And by that, I mean it shut down. Okay, maybe on a day they had people they had, one, they had one case, you know. <laughs> it, but there's your example that it too. does help mitigations. It's how people mitigated. Not everyone mitigated the same, and it's you know. And so you're you right. want to put a bubble over Michigan? How are we going to do that? How are we going to keep well, people from going in and out of Michigan? You just By said, the way, which you is just not said a bad idea they're talking about. Ooh, that'd be a good Let's one. Let's just yeah. cordon off Michigan. Yeah. Gosh, no, I, I've got a vacation. Coming it's up like in uh, like the movie Contagion. We're just going to bubble it. Yeah. Just put them all in a bubble. There's some randomness to it. It's a virus. It's 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 got the better of us. But I I you have to believe mitigations have helped. I don't even want to think about what would have happened if we did nothing. And I'm not arguing. Do Are you nothing. arguing that if we did nothing, it would have, we would have been I, in the same I think place? We'd be in roughly. I think Michigan would still be going up, and and Ohio would be going down. I, I you know, the, because the idea that those two places are fundamentally different, or that the people there are fundamentally different, or the way that they approach the viruses, it's not. They are fundamentally the same. Yeah. And one's going through the roof, and one's not. Why? Well, I don't it, know. Well, it, one it, of our texters is saying Michigan. Most of the state uh, was wearing no mask and no social distancing. I don't know that. That's anecdotal. I mean, yeah. you know, compared to and, what? And who knows why the, they get the variant and yeah. why it shows up. But once it shows up, now we know it spreads so much quicker. Yeah. But like I mean, said, that could people be the are key. doing it smart things for the most part. And people still, regardless of anything, are doing what they want to do, need to do to protect themselves or their families. They're being smart. A lot, many people are. But again, it's not like you drive across and you get to that sign. It goes, welcome to Michigan. Everybody goes, screw it, masks off. Yeah. Let's all get yeah. together and hug. Like, you know, it's not like when you hit the border, something changed. You are who you are. And I don't think people are fundamentally different and state actually, by state I don't, by state. And see, and I don't know that. I don't know because we, you were unaware of the suburbs being so open. I don't know what other states, that, how it is when you get out of the, the metro areas where they really clamp down. I don't know how they're, and a lot of these towns they mentioned, I'm not that familiar with. So they're not the the, the vacation towns or the ones yeah. along the lake that you would think of. They're pretty, you know, substantial cities in Michigan. All I took from it is Michiganians. Yes. That's that's what I learned. So we call them now. Michiganians. That is brilliant. I think you got that from <laughs> Illinoisans, right? Michiganians. Michiganians. Just go, everything can 
being that fifteen dollars an hour minimum wage. What could it possibly hurt? I mean, companies are made of money, right? No. The fight for fifteen, fifteen dollars an hour, fifteen dollar minimum wage, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we may be closer to it today. Uh, there are some some cities and some states that have bumped up the federal minimum wage higher than the federal that you're in Illinois. It's higher than the federal yeah. uh, minimum wage. Um, but raising a federal minimum wage to $15 an hour, um, a lot of economists have said, you know, um, maybe not the smartest thing to do, that it will cost jobs. Uh, people who have never run a business usually argue it won't cost jobs because they think money grows on trees. But Taco Bell. Yes. Taco Bell, the world's largest taco producer. That means they're the best, right? Obviously. Obviously. <laughs> Uh, opened up its first digital-only restaurant. So it's in Times Square. And when you go to this Taco Bell, you order everything on a kiosk Kiosk, screen. Mm -hmm. You don't have to deal with humans. Now, there's some of us, like me, that, you know, I use self-checkout. Which yeah, you apparently love this concept. Yeah, right? I love it. Well, yeah. I use it now because I tell you where I use it. So I, 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 I haven't done it at Taco Bell, but um, when they started doing self checkout, I'm assuming it cost some cashiers jobs at some point. You know, had to. Yeah, I only see like one cashier checkout lane. I've never seen all the lanes open at the grocery store, but all the the self checkout ones. There's people we stand in line for the self checkout before I will go and deal with a cashier. That's me. Yeah. Um, at O'Hare, the McDonald's has the kiosk where you just beep, 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 credit card in, boom, out comes, here's your number, and then you stand there and wait for somebody to yell your number, they hand you a bag. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I do that every time. They must yeah. have different McDonald's. I don't, I haven't seen that one. I usually still go to the one that's slow and has people. Yeah. Well, I mean, this one has people, but they're only they're people cooking. I mean, they're, right. they're the ones making burgers and fries, and then there's one person that hands the bag. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Slide the bag across. So, the in that, you can't do it uh, manually. You have to do it digitally when I, they have that. They option. do have. They have had one person, but usually there's a, a there's Huge. too big a line to talk yeah. to the one person, so everybody oh, okay. goes to the kiosk. And I think the companies have figured that out. Yeah, they're going to start pushing people towards the kiosk. Now, there might be a variety of reasons for it. But don't fool yourself that one of the reasons is, so we don't need as many people to run this? Like, they amortize it. I'll say, so how much is the kiosk cost? How long does it last? Oh, my God. That's a hell of a deal. <laughs> yeah. And does the kiosk call in sick? Is the kiosk stealing french fries out of the back and yeah. hot apple pies? No. Does Let's go with that. the kiosk have uh, computer problems and issues and... Technical problems? Yeah. No, no. I, listen, that's like that's like the uh, the ATM argument. My dad used to all the time. I, I'd go to an ATM and I'd make a deposit or something. What the hell? What are you doing? <laughs> I go, I'm putting the check in the in the in the ATM. Well, how do you know they're going to get it right? <laughs> what if they make a mistake? And yep. I go, I trust the ATM more than I trust the teller. How's that? I trust the machine to do math more than I I trust the girl behind the counter. It's just a different way of looking at it. How about now you just use your phone to scan your check? Absolutely. Yep. Boop, goes right in. Right. I don't I don't use a human to do that. And and automation is going to be the natural response to artificially raising the minimum wage. I'm just going to tell you it's it's going to happen because they're going to sit there and it's a bottom line business. It's driven by profit. And when the kiosk at the Taco Bell 
when the touchpad at the Taco Bell delivers a better return on investment than a paying somebody $15 an hour to ask you how many chalupas you want, guess what? Kiosk wins. Yeah. And that's the, just the way it's going to go. Now, you know, right now, I love it. Their, their argument was we put in those because it, it, it keeps our employees from being overwhelmed. That's what it is. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. We're, we care about you guys. And then all of a sudden you're going to look on the, uh, on the, uh, the, the sheet as who's working this weekend and go, uh, there's no humans working. Have you been to Chipotle lately? I have not been to Chipotle. You walk into Chipotle. Got it. There's a rack of bags. Okay. And people randomly walk in. Oh, number 19. You order oh, on they the order app. On the app. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. You walk in and it's Just ready it for up. you as soon as you walk in. Don't need to deal with yeah. humans. Yeah. Taco Bell I do offers. That at noodles and company. Ooh, nice. I like noodles. Taco Bell and Chipotle mm-hmm. offer things only online that you can get. You can only get oh. them through the app. So they're, they're, well, they're, so they're actually incentivizing yeah. you to not deal with a human at our store. Yeah. We have this special quesadilla, but you can only order it through the app. You walk in. You but you can see it. how that's going to have an impact. Yeah. Just just like self-checkout at the grocery mm-hmm. store impacted cashiers who, again, there's just there are there have to be fewer of them. I never see them anymore. Uh, there were never enough to begin with. Fair enough. Well, Thank goodness now. they opened the. And have you noticed the self-checkout? It, used, it was all you, there was never a line. Because right. people just avoid it. Now, oh, no. it's where you go. Every, there's always a line. I'm super good. But I will say, I was at the store the other day, and there was an elderly woman next to me, and she, first of all, switched um, places three times. She went to this one first, and the self-checkout, and then she oh. went to that, and then she came by me, and then she asked the woman, "How do, what do I do? Do I put my credit card in first? It was sad. But you know what? She was trying it. She was trying. Because don't forget, there's a whole group of people who don't know how to do it. How come I'm always stuck behind them? Why is it, <laughs> why is it me? You know? But you know, then why again, don't you I try helping them? Problem. Have help you ever them. had a problem going to a fast food restaurant and they mess up your order? It never happens. Yeah, yeah. The humans <laughs> never make a mistake. You only yeah, oh, notice it when you get home. The so humans never put pickles on it. I don't <laughs> yeah. want pickles. What part of that is unclear? Oh no, forgetting the fries it. is I love the, the biggest. Kiosk, the app, yeah, it's perfect. Right. Yeah. Well, we'll see how it goes. Taco Bell in Times Square, kind of weird, but. What do you mean, kind of? I think it's uh, exactly what. It, yeah, not really. It's doesn't a busy seem like one. the right place to do it, but really, yeah, it doesn't. Uh, Taco Bell. high traffic, bunch of people. I bet you they can Taco get Taco Bell. Uh, you know, maybe a. What do you want a high end Chipotle or a, yeah? But I just wow, I think you're really a, drawing and splitting hairs, aren't we? I know. No, I'm not a Taco Bell girl, so oh, I've eaten there once the, in my life. Get out! Just like two years ago, too, because I'd oh. never been. Ah, oh. yeah, I know. Well, I don't drink, so. Sorry, Chief. So I'm you never, don't eat tacos? I've never drunk <laughs> what? at 1 a.m. Oh, at Taco Bell. I see what you're saying. Okay, yeah. I'm, you know, no, I'm never Taco like, Bell, good. Morning, God, I, I can have Taco Bell right now. Really? Oh, yeah. Give me okay. a ch- couple chalupas and a couple Taco Supremes. Ch- you know what, chalupa? That's not a real thing. You know, that's not even yes, Spanish. It, is. That's no, not it's, <laughs> it means... I just want to say it. That chalupa, please. That is not a real thing. It's got to be. They made Taco up the Bell word. Taco Bell contains no Mexican food. Be. So yeah. we've got uh, the, the Chauvin trial. We had a, a full day of defense putting its case forward, uh, certainly uh, painting a very, very different picture of the events that led to the death of George Floyd. Joining us right now, ABC News' Mark Remillard. Mark, first off, uh, we know that the, the, the medical examiner testified yesterday. And, I mean, count me as one that's a little confused because some of this testimony is completely contradictory to previous testimony. Whoops, are you there, Mark? 
Hold on. Mark, you there? All right. Okay, we're going to try to find Mark Remillard there. So uh, the, the point I'm trying to make is the, the chief medical examiner who testified for the defense, okay, so he was called by the defense, um, basically made the argument that the knee on the neck, the asphyxiation argument, the cutting off the flow of air, and that's, well, that's not what killed George Floyd. No. Yeah. That's not. Which is, I mean, again, 180 degree different testimony than the jury heard just two weeks ago from a whole slew of people. And so you really, you can see already where you're getting in the, uh, the to the point where. All you need is some doubt, right? Just well, some and, doubt. And reasonable doubt, right? Mm-hmm. Mark, are you there now? Hey, yeah. Oh, Bruce, there you are. Have. Good. Glad we got right. you. So, yeah, we were talking about kind of the contradictory evidence or testimony we're getting now. The medical examiner, did, did he did he shoot holes? Did he did he create enough reasonable doubt with the jury with his testimony yesterday? You know, that's a good question. I, I, I wonder if it comes down to and I think it will come down to more about, uh, you know, obviously the language in the law, because what the medical examiner did, and, and I think it was intentional that the medical examiner was not very long testimony, considering some of the other medical uh, professionals that we heard from for the prosecution, didn't testify for, you know, a whole day or anything like that. It was probably about a half a day that he testified. Uh, and he was sandwiched right in the middle of four or five other medical experts who all had concurring opinions that uh, George Floyd died from a lack of oxygen. But the medical examiner said that's not what he thought, that he thought George Floyd died as a complication of that law enforcement subdual, creating a stressful situation that was too much for George Floyd's heart. So a little bit of a difference there. Now, yeah. of course, part of part of the... Uh, prosecution's questioning here and part of their their theory is that evidence of low oxygen wouldn't show up in an autopsy. So is that a shortcoming of the medical examiner's report? So, you know, it it did create this kind of contradictory or countering viewpoints on the death of George Floyd. And I think the defense has seized on that. And what we heard yesterday was the 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 defense's medical expert uh, hype that up more and, and build that up more and say that he agrees as a forensic pathologist himself that George Floyd died in a situation that was too much for his heart, complicated by the drugs and his health issues, and that the, you know, the blocked arteries that he had, the enlarged heart would have required more oxygen and the stress of that situation was too much. And according to this forensic pathologist, George Floyd died from a sudden cardiac arrhythmia in the midst of that law enforcement subduel. Mm. So how that plays with the jury, you know, that's that's the million dollar question. And so is he was he saying and by the way, he was a former chief medical examiner. It wasn't that's the true. medical examiner from that state. Yes, so so the, the the guy that testified yesterday, Dr. David Fowler, was a former uh he's now retired, a former medical examiner, chief medical examiner um uh in the state of Maryland. Yeah, and he, and uh, so just bringing that up though, and you know you're talking about sometimes technical terms, medical terms. I mean, is it just kind of enough to to get the jury to have some doubt? It could be. You know, I think that like I said, I think that's the million dollar question is if this is, you know, becoming to the point where it's so confusing and impossible to really parse out as laymen with what happened here as average people can we really determine who's more 
correct in this situation? I mean, that's really hard to say. Did he die of low? You know, I think when you look at the video evidence, uh, you know, I think the prosecution has a pretty compelling case to say, look at his knees on his neck, the subdual, the, you know, he's sandwiched between the pavement, that that's really uh, could be very indicative of someone who would have died from low oxygen and asphyxia, basically. But at the same time, the defense has these, you know, not only the, the chief medical examiner in the county and you know, the only medical expert who actually examined George Floyd's body, everyone else who's testified as a medical expert here is, you know, looking at this in hindsight and looking at the evidence and the paperwork and the, you know, medical examiner's report and determining their own findings. The medical examiner is the only guy who actually looked at George Floyd's body wow. and came to that conclusion. So, you know, it could be. But, but again, I think it still comes down to the way the law is written in this. And I think that there might be room for you to think or for the jurors to think that, yeah, okay, so he died from a sudden cardiac arrhythmia. His heart stopped in the midst of this law enforcement duel that was a stressful situation. But did Chauvin follow the rules around de-escalation? Should he have rendered medical aid to, de to George Floyd in the middle of all of this? Should he have kept his knee on his neck for nine minutes? You know, and does that invoke these thoughts about someone who had no regard for human life, as it said, it says in the third degree the murder charge. Yeah. So, yeah. So kind of going yeah. beyond the actual cause of death to some other mitigating factors. Yeah. And I think that there's some, I, I think that there's some um, room there potentially. And from, from what I've heard from some other legal experts in this is that, you know, the prosecution may not have to show that Derek Chauvin was the sole cause of George Floyd's death, but a significant factor oh. or cause in, in his death. You know, I, like I said, I'm not a lawyer, so right, I don't right, know, right. you know what I mean? I think we're going to, I think we're going to see when the judge instructs the jury on these charges and on these, perhaps on these terms, what is, what does a depraved mind mean? I, I have a feeling that he's got to probably explain some of these things to these, you know, average people who have to now figure out what does this term mean and does this apply? Mark Remillard, ABC News correspondent covering the Chauvin trial, is with us right now. It almost seems as if the defense, I mean, I guess they have two things. They'd love for their client to be found innocent of all charges. But it's some of the witnesses and some of the, the testimony yesterday, like we were just talking about, also seems, well, maybe if he is guilty, he's guilty of a lesser charge. You know, that there, right. there were other things going on, my client. Derek Chauvin wasn't the sole person. I mean, you know, if you can't win the case, at least get the, the least charge possible. It almost seems that that might be a strategy that the defense is using. Yeah, I think I think at the very at the very least, the the defense is hoping to avoid both the murder charges. And at the very least, if he gets convicted on second degree manslaughter, now he could be sentenced to not more than 10 years as a result of manslaughter, but I, I, if I'm calling correctly with the sentencing guidelines and the fact that he has no criminal history, I think it's in a matter of a, a couple years at best that he would mm. end up there. So that's not nearly as bad as if he gets either of the murder charges. Sure. If he gets a third degree or second degree murder charges, he's probably going away for 12 years at least, 12 and a half years or so, because he would get between 10 and 15 years. And there was an officer, there was another case in Minnesota uh, about two years ago, where a police officer was convicted on third-degree murder, and he also had no criminal history or anything like that, he got 12 and a half years. So I think that that's a pretty good estimate for what Chauvin would face yeah. if he got you know, a, a one of the murder charges. And remind us again, Mark, uh, Chauvin's charged with first-degree murder? 
No, second second degree, degree un- right now. Okay, second degree unintentional murder because there's two types in Minnesota. There's intentional and unintentional second degree murder. So I think that's one of the things that's also a bit confusing here. Is you know I think we we have this general idea that first degree murder is premeditated. Second degree, you may have intended to kill the person, but you know it's not that way in Minnesota. And it, this is a second degree unintentional murder charge. I think his state of mind is important because we get into this idea about depraved mind and no regard for human life but it's not that they have to prove he intended to kill george floyd interesting and and again all this goes into you know mark and i know we've we've been talking about this uh, for a while now the weeks that the trial's been going on is um it's not necessarily what you know it's what you can prove uh Mm -hmm. the the jury is only instructed to take into account the things that they're presented in the courtroom and i just i caution people that if you think the video in and of itself is enough to convict somebody, it probably isn't. And the defense is laying out all the reasons why it it shouldn't be. Uh, they can't deny the existence of the video, so they're basically dancing around all the all the parts of it. And we know that they're going to continue to call witnesses. Uh, we expect more today, correct? Yeah, that's right. And I think what we've seen a little bit from the defense here is a little bit of... Uh spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks because <laughs> there was yesterday with this medical expert, this forensic pathologist, uh, they, they've kind of floated a new theory that I had don't think was even brought up before this uh, about whether or not George Floyd also suffered and may have also contributed to his death was carbon monoxide poisoning from the back of the squad car. Oh, because he was right the, there at yeah. the tailpipe. Right. Oh, my right. goodness. But the prosecution was like, how do you know the car's even on? Oh, well, and he said, well, he said, I watched the video and, and I saw water dripping from the tailpipe. So I assume that that is, you know, condensation or whatever from the tailpipe. So, you know, I mean, I, but he can't definitively say that, right. the, that the, 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 the car was on. And and then also there's no finding in the medical examiner's report of carbon monoxide poisoning. So, you know, I mean, it's, again, I think it's I'm not saying that the, the medical expert is making things up. I think no. just, he's saying this could be a possibility. This, They're this, raising this. that as a specter of doubt. Yeah. Hey, Mark, appreciate your time today. Thank you very much. Absolutely. He's Mark Remillard, ABC News correspondent covering the Chauvin trial. Uh, as we, we learned, we learned this from Mark yesterday that uh, the defense may wrap up by tomorrow. Tomorrow, yeah. yeah. And if so, the judge has said that he would wait for closing arguments for the prosecution and the defense attorneys to give their closing arguments till Monday. He wouldn't start it on a Friday Just because so that, they have to sequester the jury. Right, and they that. don't they can have the weekend off because yeah. and yeah. So we could we could have this case in front of a jury by early next week. We could have a verdict by next week. We could week. have a verdict, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean who knows how long the jury right. jury could come back in five minutes, jury come back in three five weeks. Days, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it takes for Ugh. good luck predicting juries, right? So we'll keep an eye on that. The majesty the pageantry, the Olympics. Oh. It's Bruce, Judy, and Cheese. We are Can't wait. We're one hundred days away. That is uh, just over three months. Yeah, uh, from the Olympics uh, kicking off in Tokyo, Japan, or will it? Mm. There are questions, concerns. It was already delayed. Yeah. It was supposed to be. Last year, yeah. It was last year, last year, year, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. So they kicked it back a year, and then they kicked it back another couple months. You know what I'm saying? Like they're mm. they're trying to get outside of whatever window of 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 fear there might be, but they may still not be far enough away, Judy. I yeah. mean, there's still some concerns 
about Japan. Well, and interestingly, Japan, their vaccination rate is among the lowest. Really? For countries of, you know, with I think of Japan as like real orderly and, you and know, organized. Yes. Organized. Everybody stands I, in line said, when they're supposed to. If J- anyone can do the Olympics, it's Japan in yeah. a pandemic. But, but apparently they can't do vaccinations. Right. Okay. Uh, vaccinations. They've had, you know, issues with the variants. Um, you know, just the, the issues everyone's dealing with. Well, I mean, how, how do you, how do you, how do you corral hold- everyone? Right, leaving the Japanese out of it and their issues. Mm-hmm. Do you let the Brazilian team come? Ooh, right. Do you let the South African team come? India. Do you let the English team come? Yeah, With those variants, yeah, you yeah, know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. From those hot spots, can you stop certain countries from coming? Remember, they could test negative and not have a temperature or whatever. They could be asymptomatic Carrying and they it. could develop yeah. it. They could pass along before they even do it. So are you... Are you Inviting, I don't know how many countries participate. Is what 180 some countries yeah, on the world? They don't 200. all. They don't all have Olympic teams. Some of them have they like have three. One. People. Yeah. So yeah. at least a hundred. Yeah. There's at least a hundred uh, countries from around the world sending athletes, uh, coaches. There's a staff. I'm assuming maybe a parent or a family member. They're. I don't know if they're allowing anyone. And then you bring them all together in one spot. Hey, you guys all mill around for a little bit. Wear your masks, as we see. May not work. Uh, And then everybody go back home to your home country. How does the Olympics not get a pass that everyone gets the vaccine? Right? Isn't that the way to do it? Everyone is vaccinated. You can't uh, compete in the Olympics or go to the Olympics unless you're vaccinated. But I... Okay. I mean, wouldn't that solve everything? Or most things. It's not going to, of course, be perfect, but... It's not a bad idea, Judy. Yeah. Right? I'm not arguing against it. Yeah, well, I'm surprised. I'm not arguing I, against I'm it. I'm surprised it's not but like I don't, a requirement. I, but like you're pointing out, I just don't think every... <laughs> so, what would have been the outrage? Follow me on this. Oh, yeah. Follow yeah. me on this. So, we've got our vaccines. Uh, we're going to prioritize the elderly... The, uh, the at the nursing homes, our first responders, and our Olympic swimmers. <laughs> you know, people yeah. go, whoa, 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 hold on a second. The Olympic swimmer's going to get one before grandma, right? Yeah, maybe. Now, we... I mean, I maybe we're at the point now where you could say, well, aren't there enough doses for it? But then again, you're assuming every country is on the same schedule. Right. And we just said Japan's behind. Well, and and there are countries. I read an article the other day. There are countries around the. There was over two dozen countries. Different continents mm-hmm. with zero vaccines distributed to their population as of right now. Zero. They haven't, they they haven't, haven't even got a shipment one, in. Not one. Wow. So what do you do? I don't know. I think I think it's all well and good to say we need to have the Olympics. It's a return to normalcy. But it's the... What? What if it becomes the next super spreader event? Right. Everybody goes home to their countries, and we have another so, explosion. Yeah, the Athletes wow. Village houses 15,000 people from more than 200 countries. Yep. They compete in 33 sports at 42 venues. They had, The organizers in Japan have planned for 126,000 volunteers. <laughs> Wow. I just, I, yeah, no, I don't see how they're going to. Those gonna... are the, the, the Japanese that be standing there like with a flag waving yeah. people by and things. They do that. And, really and think well. about their, their medical system already under strain, right? I mean, you yeah. have to have a really solid 
medical facility at the Olympics. Listen, I'm not, I'm not for canceling the Olympics. I'm, I'm not here to say that. Uh, but it would I'm be just so looking nice. At it, going, it would be nice to what? Just to, to have, have it? summer. It would just be so normal, right? If we had a summer where the Olympics were on. If you didn't watch them and glued to your TV, it's just cool to hear about it and know about it. But yeah, you just see like there's an alien ship sitting up there that sent this back, you know, this uh-huh. this COVID to the, the earth. And they're Got watching it. going, now the whole world's going like, to gather in Tokyo. You want, you want to have the Olympics. Spread. You yes. want to have the Olympics. Yeah. You know they're trying mean? to use the Jedi mind trick yeah. on you. You, you want be, to bring. You can be sure they will. They will cancel the Olympics. If you they are, have to. I don't. Uh, apparently it was news to Judy, by the way. That in the Olympic Village, winter or summer, yeah, oh yeah, going back pff, eons, that when you bring a bunch of teenage slash twenty something, finely tuned athletes with perfect bodies, nice smiles, Wheaties box covers, yep, and you throw them all together in a giant in village. a dorm, yeah, they become amorous. Oh, my goodness. They yes. fall in love for the weekend. <laughs> and that there is a lot of, dare I say, the hibbity-dibbity going on. A lot of shenanigans? There are some shenanigans. <laughs> There's some rubbing up on people. I, that, is, that is really surprising to me because That's I... surprising? Here's, here's <laughs> what that I... Surprising? Well, not that scenario, but I thought the Olympics yeah. were pretty, you know, shut down. I thought you had your chaperones, you have all these people with you, they watch over your group. And that's God. literally how I thought it was. Okay. Been to summer camp? That's if, you're the, been to... that's if you're the Russians and they're trying to keep you from defecting. Yeah, that's but, true. But, oh, that's but true. They, they're not keeping the Dutch okay, and the and, Canadians apart. And you're you right. Know? Now I think of it, what was the big scandal with the last Olympics where the Guys went out and partied. Yeah, oh, yeah. An, did they rob someone or? Oh, that was Ryan Lochte. Oh, yeah, down yeah. in Brazil, right? Yes. Yes. Hanging so, out the clubs. You're right. I, night, yeah. I just thought there were really solid rules. It's not rules. jail. It's I not know, prison. They don't what? check you in and okay, you can't leave. These are people who, for four, who maybe eight, maybe their whole lives, yeah. they have been focused yes, on one focus, thing. Focus, focus, yes, yes. Win. And you and know then what you happens? You go there and they go crazy. Exactly. Yes. You walk what? in the room and there's a six foot tall Brazilian girl and you forget everything you <laughs> yeah. ever thought about swimming. Yeah. It all goes out the window. See, that's crazy. What pool? Yeah. You know you have to swim tomorrow. Screw that noise. Yeah. I can swim when I'm dead. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's a cesspool they have to deal with, too, there. Uh, in more <laughs> ways than one, apparently. Olympic Village. In right. more so, ways than one. Uh, now, now this story has become, we should be shocked if the Olympics are going to go on. Yeah. Mm. Knowing that they're going to act like Olympic Regular athletes kids. and yeah. teenagers and 20-somethings. Yeah. What, a, what a shocking development. Um. Think about your parents. Think, okay, think about mom. <laughs> Do you have a cool mom? I got to tell you, as as someone who does not have any children of their own, yeah, I I think I can be impartial, kind of looking at this from the outside. And I've seen a variety of moms because I, you know, I've got niece and nephews, I've got cousins, I have godchildren, and I've really seen like. The difference in parenting, especially the relationships that moms have with their kids. And it strikes me that there's been a change. I don't know when it changed. I don't know if there's a day on a calendar that you can point to. But when did it change where moms went from being moms to moms being their best friend? Oh, I hate that. Yeah, friends. Like, I I, I don't know which one's better or worse. Again, not my kids. 
but it ch- can we acknowledge Parenting that change changed? Yeah, I mean, I would. I now that you brought that up, I have said to my kids many times, I, "Yeah, well, I'm not your friend." Because that's how they view it too. It's right. it's a society thing. It's that's how they see their friends, their friends' parents, and they're like, "Well, yeah." I'm like, my mom I'm ran in the house like a prison warden. Good, Are you which is how it should oh, yeah. be run. We were terrified of her. Oh, that wooden oh. spoon came out. Oh, oh I love oh, the wooden spoon. Yes, the wooden spoon. Uh, Hot Wheels track. Oh my <laughs> god! Anything she can find, basically. <laughs> Anything. Couch. For our, for our, 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 our Mexican listeners, a chancla. Uh, throwing the shoe at you. Get your chanclas on. Yeah. But uh, it's interesting because you asked today and about 70% say they've got a cool mom. Yeah. But what defines right. a cool mom, Judy? Are you a cool mom? Okay, I don't want to be a, a cool. Well, on the right away, I'm thinking, well, I'm a cool mom, and then I'm like, oh, wait a second, I don't want to be a cool mom because I didn't have as much respect for cool moms as Ooh. I did for warden-like moms like me. Warden-like, but moms, I mean, I yes. I hope my children liked me and didn't think. You know what it was all about? Embarrassing. Mm. I didn't want to be the embarrassing mom. Okay, and a lot of times my kids would That's be like, tough. "Oh my god, mom, oh, you're mom. Emba- even now you're so embarrassing." Right. So that to me is the dropping worst. you off at school. It was embarrassing, yeah. right? Yeah. right. You dropped me off around the corner. No, no I'm no, going to take things- you right up to the butt. No. <laughs> no, 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 I want out now. I'm yeah. opening the door. I'm opening the door. No, you know what a big thing my kids <laughs> hated was the brag. If I bragged about them, they were like, "Shut up." <laughs> and nowadays, it, oh, I'm like, just shut up about your kids already. I have kids too. People are like, oh. This is the kind of bragging. Oh, my gosh. My kids eat so much. My boys eat. Uh, yeah, my kids eat, too. What? <laughs> what? Like I say, so your kids are fat? Oh, exactly. I don't know where you're going with yeah, this. Yeah, they could lose no, a few Here's pounds. where it started. It wasn't Facebook. No. My kid's on the honor roll. At PS 158. Ooh. That's where it started. The bumper stickers. We started oh, bragging have, about yeah, your kid on, on your car. Student. My kid's on the honor roll. And then you had the ones that said, my kid beat up your kid on the honor roll. Yeah. You know, then you had all the offshoots. But that's where it started, where you started bragging about your kids on your bumper. So cool moms pretty cool moms. much don't, a lot of times don't understand how, I don't want to say bad their kids are, but what their kids are doing a lot of times, too. It's, you know, they think their kids are the best, and it's like, nah, not so much. And, I appreciate realistic parents. Yeah. I go, uh, your, your kid's so smart. He's okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's not a rocket kids scientist. He's so well behaved. Uh, yeah. Okay, you know, let's, sure. let's, add, well, let's add a dose of reality into that, as opposed to the ones that go, he's the most brilliant child on the planet. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know what I love? I, what I say about my kids, I my middle one, I always say, oh, he's just, he's the nicest person. I love my kid. He's so nice. Do you have a that favorite? That to me. Do you have a favorite? I don't do lie. not. Do you have a favorite? No, Come I on. absolutely don't. It's the middle one. Absolutely It's don't. the middle one. It's not, but the, the middle one. parents have a favorite. But the middle one's more like me, and I feel I'm probably a little bit more protective of the middle one. Do you have a better relationship with the middle one? No, I don't think so. I have no, a you better, wouldn't go I that far. Good, no, and my youngest son, Luke, I, have a, I think I have a good relationship okay. with Luke. But Luke doesn't. Luke doesn't give me what I need. Conlon does. Conlon's like, yes, mom, and Con talks to me, and Luke's just, <laughs> Luke's the one who says, stop embarrassing me. <laughs> quit, ta- still- quit talking to me in so, public. Exactly. <laughs> you don't want to be associated you with you. <laughs> no idea. He'll like walk ahead of me, but I still love that damn kid. So it, it's just different. I have different, you know, I treat the kids differently, but I love them, of course, the same. Mm-hmm. But just let me tell you the kind of mom I am. I'm ready. So my youngest, his friends had a big party one time in high school. Their mom was out of town. She asked us all to watch her house, including our cop friend who lived across the street. He went over there 
took pictures. The amount of alcohol was disgusting, like bottles everywhere. That's how it works. Anyway, I said to <laughs> my son, Luke, were you at this party? And he's like, no. I said, really? Because Mr. So-and-so saw you there. There's a he, picture of you standing yeah. next to an empty gin like, bottle. Oh. <laughs> I just went for it. And I had no proof he was there. I just oh. totally made that up. Oh, yeah. Wow. Anyway. Never admit to anything. Deny, deny, right? deny. Yes. He learned that quick. Because deny, deny, guess deny. What? Wasn't me. It wasn't me. I punished him. And he, me. about a few days later, he goes, hey, how funny is this? Embarrassing mom. I'm grounded for going to the party. His friends who had the party, no punishment. They're not. Yeah, because they had cool moms, yeah. cool dad. Who they, said? Had, they had what they, yeah, what people would call a cool mom, but what I call, mm, not so not so cool. Yeah, because I think I think yeah. there's a level of, of, of strictness. Is that a word? Strictness? Mm-hmm. Strictitude? Uh, that the stricter you are, the harder it is to be the cool parent. Yeah. But you know right? What? It's... And the less, more lenient you are, the more you would be, you know, again, that, but that gets to, I'm not your parent, I'm your friend. Yeah. And it's also, it's a lot easier to be the cool mom, right? It's a lot harder to be the strict mom. True. But you're, you have a job. It's not just that you have these kids and oh, whatever. No, you have a job and it's a hard job. And I didn't want to be that person a lot of times, but I had to. I still think I'm kind of cool. You're the coolest, Judy. Thank you. Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, a suburb of Minneapolis, where a police officer, uh, we saw the the video almost immediately, uh, shooting and, and, and killing a man during a traffic stop with the, I say excuse, I have to be careful like the words I'm trying to say, that she meant to tase him and shot him accidentally oh bleep i just shot him taser 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 oh bleep i just shot him she the police chief both said that it was a accident a mistake and we were wondering judy would there be any charges we know the answer Yes. Now, um, Officer uh, Kim Potter has been arrested, charged with second-degree manslaughter. Okay. In that death. How hard is that to prove? We talked it before. You know, this has happened. Uh, I want to say a recent. I, I was reading an article where they kind of went back and took a look at it over the last ten years. I say there have been at least twelve incidents where officers have, have claimed that they reached for their taser but accidentally grabbed their gun and either killed or injured someone by by accident, okay? Seems like a pretty high bar to prove. Joining us right now, University of Illinois law professor Eric Johnson. Professor Johnson, good morning. Good morning. So uh, this officer is charged with second-degree manslaughter. How high a bar is that to prove? It's a pretty high bar, particularly in this case. So what what second-degree manslaughter in Minnesota requires is reckless homicide instead of negligent homicide. The difference between negligence and recklessness is negligent homicide means the person really should have known about the risk and and their failure to know about the risk was unreasonable. Uh, Reckless, on the other hand, requires, in in the words of the Minnesota courts, actual conscious disregard. So at the time that the person undertakes the action, like, you know, shooting the shooting the suspect, they need to be consciously aware of a risk that their conduct's going to cause somebody's death. They need it, so they're they're really disregarding that risk instead of just failing to be aware of the risk. And so here, it could be tough to prove that she was aware as she pulled the trigger 
that there was a risk posed by her conduct since she had forgotten that she had her taser in her hand. I mean, that she had her, that she, sorry, that gun she had her instead of the taser. Yeah. So charging her with the, the more serious offense might work in her favor. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think it's going to be very hard for them to prove that at the time that she fired the gun, she was, or she, she appears to have forgotten that she had the gun in her hand. So she wasn't, she wasn't consciously disregarding the risk. Instead, she was engaging kind of where she really should have been aware of the risk. And and this is really a feature of Minnesota law. So there was one of these cases a few years ago in Oklahoma where a police officer faced the same situation. He, he thought he had his taser in his hand, apparently. Uh, he shot a suspect and killed him. It was the same situation. Afterwards, he said, oh, my gosh, I shot him. Uh, he was charged with second-degree manslaughter in Oklahoma, but Oklahoma law requires negligence, not recklessness. Mm. Uh, in Minnesota, reckless homicide is the lowest level of criminal homicide. They don't have negligent homicide. That's true in Illinois, too. We don't have negligent homicide here either. And, you know, maybe that's a, a deficiency in the law, but it's going to be tough to prove reckless homicide in this case, I think. Well, and, and again, we're talking to University of Illinois uh, law professor Eric Johnson. And Professor Johnson, it strikes me that the bar is even higher for the prosecution because the video, I mean, unless you believe she's acting by yelling taser, 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 and acting, oh bleep, I shot him. <laughs> but that, you, you know what I'm saying? That seems right. to prove that she was not aware of what she was doing at the time. I mean, it, the, the video doesn't support that this was a mindful act. Exactly. And, and you know, I suppose you could speculate that maybe she she anticipated doing this and so she was lying about the taser. You know, that yeah. was all made up. To, mm. to, that, that doesn't seem plausible to me. No, it seems a bit of a stretch. How much, um, Eric, do you think um, will will play against her, though, the, being the fact that she's a 26-year veteran and that she was actually in the middle of a field training exercise? She was the training officer Sir, for, the, right. uh, for the department. Right. And those really go to the question, should she have been aware of what she was doing? And the answer is, I think, yes, she should have been aware. But that means she was negligent. As you said, she wasn't – there's no evidence that she was – mindful of the fact that she was conscious of the fact that she had her gun in her hand. And given that, it's just it, it's not that her conduct wasn't wrong, but but the wrong that she committed was being negligent, not reckless. That's what's going to make this this tricky. And I don't know. Maybe the prosecution knows stuff that I don't know. Maybe they maybe they have a better grasp of Minnesota law than I do. Uh, and that's entirely possible, too. But I think this is a tough case. But would there have been, a, a, in your opinion, a better charge than this one? You know, that's the trouble. Minnesota, a few states, most states have negligent homicide laws. So in all states, we have like, you know, we have first degree murder, second degree murder, all these different degrees of homicide. And in a lot of states, the lowest level homicide is negligent homicide, which just requires that the person really should have been aware of the risk posed by their conduct. In a few states, though, including Minnesota and Illinois, the lowest level is recklessness. They don't have negligent homicide. And in fact, some people, uh, including, frankly, me, have complained in the past about the fact that Illinois really needs a negligent homicide law to handle cases just like this one. And so that's the that's the danger that you get into when you don't have a negligent homicide statute in your state. Well, and, 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 and to your point, I mean, the, there are degrees, if you will, the whole concept behind it, and that maybe we are missing out on any sort of justice because we've just set the bar so high. That's right.
All right. Yeah, I mean, had she been charged with murder, which maybe people would have initially been like, yeah, she should be charged with murder, no well, she never would have been convicted of yeah, murder. No, yeah. Interesting. Right. Uh, Professor Johnson, thank you for your time. Thank you. We sincerely appreciate How did I do? How we do today? C plus? Yeah. B minus? Good. Passing good, grade? Good. Yes. A, a plus. Oh, oh why couldn't I have had you as a professor? I'm on my way to being a lawyer. <laughs> Thank you, Professor Johnson. Thank I you. appreciate it. Thank That's you, what Bruce. my family needs as a second lawyer after my brother. All right. That's what we need. But uh, listen, I, I, I think there's something to be said there that just keeping in mind, again, that that's a pretty high bar that they've set. And and I admit, I don't know what the punishment should be if you accept that she made a mistake. The officer meant to tase him, shot him instead. I'm not saying there should be no punishment. Right, she still killed him. Well, it's like But I don't know what that punishment should it's be like either. I, you, I admit that. If you kill someone in a in a car accident, What's what is that? And in your you're charged. I mean, is isn't that usually well, man, it's manslaughter, I, 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 right? Vehicular manslaughter. That's a specific one. We should have a let me use a different analogy. You're a, a surgeon and you use the wrong tool in surgery, or you cut the wrong artery. Or you leave or, the tool in. Or yeah. you know, you you know, yeah. and you say, Well, you you've been a surgeon for twenty six years. You know, your your negligence led to the death of this person. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. okay, so what is the punishment along there? Was it intentional? No. Was it a mistake? Yes. It still led to the death of somebody. It's you know, so mm -hmm. where yeah. I didn't know that so we we had the the police officer resigned. The police chief came out and said, we think it was a mistake. Then he resigned. And the city manager was fired. Like the mayor is yeah. the only elected official left in, in <laughs> Brooklyn Center, I, Minnesota. I hate to say it. It sounds terrible. But I almost feel like this is a case where a, a civil um, case. It would be more of a civil it would be case? More, it, it, well, it should be a civil, I don't want to say benefit to the family, but the family should you know, it's because it was a mistake. Yep. The city is liable, and you, it's almost like you need to take wrongful care of... Wrongful death case. Wrongful death. Yeah. You need to but, take care of the family because it's terrible that this happened. It shouldn't have happened. I, and I, there's think, no, I don't know what the recourse is. I, I think that the, the city and the police, like, they're doing all the... They're yeah, doing they're, all the right things. Yes, they're exactly. not covering this up. They're not... Mm -hmm. right. Yeah, but you, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. they, they appear to be going about this the right way. I think we're getting... I don't know if we're at a tipping point. But I think we're getting to the point now that acknowledging that there might be life outside our planet isn't the complete crackpot idea that maybe it was a while ago. Ooh, now you're a believer? No, I'm not a believer. I'm a skeptic by nature. So I'm still skeptical. But there is evidence out there, and there is video and testimony that can't be easily explained. And it's coming from the Pentagon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's not from some it's guy in Arizona from a guy living in a tent. With a YouTube yeah. page. Okay. <laughs> who said he was inducted by aliens and probed. Okay. That's not who we're talking about. They, no. might, they, have, they might be crackpots. Oh, yeah. Or are but they? The, mm. But the Pentagon recently released uh some, some they had to release some videos. Yeah, reluctantly. Freedom, Freedom of Information Act. It was these had been labeled secret before. Where the Pentagon admits that there have been multiple encounters with flying objects that they cannot explain what they were. 
I watched the one video because I remember this one. Uh, um, this was um, F-18 pilots from the USS Nimitz. They're doing training flights uh, outside of San Diego yeah. where they're based. So they're, you know, typically take off landing and train. The boat gets a radar ping during a training mission. Well, there's not supposed to be anybody flying in this area. So the F-18s <laughs> race See over it there. Is, yeah. Nothing on their radar. They're like, where is it? And the boat goes, you're right on top of it. I'm paraphrasing. And they're like, we have nothing on our radar. And you can hear in the video, what is that? They can see it with their eyes. It shows up on their camera. It does not show up on their radar. And they're trying to figure out what is. They're trying to chase it. It's faster than an F-18. And then it starts making moves sudden abrupt changes of direction that the Pentagon says is not possible with man-made technology. Nice. Okay, what is it? Yes. And the Navy admits, we don't know what it is. This has happened so many times now that the Pentagon actually has a, they, they issued something like a rules of engagement for unidentified flying <laughs> objects. What to do? Like what to do? Uh, what to do? Oh my gosh. Now, uh, is I, that pr- is that proof that there's something out there? I but my first thought is, what do countries hold the most secret? Their military, um, okay, you know, secrets, right? There, I mean, they would never ever give up anything that they had ever. Right, to, but you know. why would the Pentagon be releasing information about something that they knew I, well, was because secret? people are like you now people are like, hey, th- this is happening. We've got proof. And yeah. so now they feel like they have to do something. But I'm but just saying that's my military, first reaction. If it was the U.S. military, they would have called it classified. Right. They, they wouldn't maybe, release videos yeah. of the Navy chasing after classified military. Right. Stuff. Maybe things. they're saying, what, is that a Russian? What do they have that we don't have? Maybe that's I'm just worse. saying, maybe they other countries is have the technology Roosties? we don't. Yeah. Or, and I believe this more, I just brought that up just to do both sides. I do believe there's life. Really? Of course. How can and you not? And if it's going to happen in any In year, any decade, it's right, this one. It, it's, you, it, you know oh, things get worse, uh, yeah, I, aliens I, land and blow us up. There we some, go. If somebody, if, the, <laughs> if Nick Gale's headline is, by the way, breaking news just in, aliens have landed in <laughs> Illinois, you would go, of course they have. Of course they have. Course they have. Would, right. <laughs> you would say, and? Yeah. Right? Yep, this is the year. This is Which the is the bigger story, that or the no-hitter from the White Sox? Like, you would just say, yeah, yeah. of course aliens landed. Remember the pandemic? <laughs> nope. Yeah. Okay, let me ask you about these aliens, too. Why do they always look a certain way? Is you mean that, like in movies and TV? Yeah, is that because it's hmm. based on sightings? Who what? came up? Who first came no, up with you know that? What I That's an little interesting question, guys. Yeah, the, the little green the man greens, or the, yeah. the big eyes or the head. I mean, I, I always thought of when I look at pictures. Why of do we Je- all agree on what I, aliens? Look right. Like? When I look at pictures of Jesus, I say to myself, "Well, because yeah, people it looks like knew Barry him." Gibb. No, people, it's very good. No, but people knew <laughs> him. No doubt in my mind. They described. Have you seen Laughing Jesus? He's the best. Yeah. People saw him. They hung out with him. They they. You know, talked about him. They described him. Yeah, they drew him. Maybe even so, I get that. So it's got to be the same so with aliens. Who hung out with aliens and right. drew a descri- Here, let well, me describe you what I hung people. out with. Well, They say they hung out with them maybe for you know yeah. thousands of years, and then were brought back to Earth, and no time passed at all. Again, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm not trying to be a crackpot. The Pentagon, yeah, <laughs> had to admit 
under a Freedom of Information Act, reporters, fil- one's a filmmaker who's doing a story on this, they had to release the cockpit voice, the video, the radar transcripts of multiple, multiple incidents where Air Force and Navy pilots have encountered something that they can't explain. And I, the, the one pilot, I, I remember watching it. It was, it was two pilots flying in it, you know, they're in formation. And they were, he, he, he says, we're within like, yards, what? Of yards, yards of it. Really? And he says it was cylindrical. It uh, looks like a tic like a, a missile-shaped type thing. And, he said, and, and he's watching, and he goes, and it's flying with us. And he, he's calling off how many knots they're flying this out and the other in the heading. And then it just makes a left turn. <laughs> and it just goes off and, and it, it disappears. And he's yeah. like, where the hell He goes, I can't turn my plane like that. So and, in, they're, in, and they're just incredulous. They're like, what? And we've had airline pilots say, yes. hey, something just flew by us, air traffic control. What is that? And they go, we got nothing. What are you talking about? Oh, that's the scariest. Right? Yeah. So in 2019, the Pentagon admitted it has launched investigations into UFO sightings, and it still analyzes reports of flying saucers. The USS Kidd, the USS Peralta, the USS Finn have all reported contact with mysterious flying craft. That they cannot explain. And as I said, I think the most crazy thing about it is the terminology where they use could not have been made by man-made craft. Kryptonian. We'll find out. Hmm. But it's 2021. 20, 2021. Gonna happen. What, what would surprise you at this point? <laughs> yeah. Nothing. What would surprise nothing. you? Dear aliens, just make yourself known right now. It's the perfect time. And don't worry. The Defense Department we'll is uh, continue, says it will continue to probe. The reports in a bid to keep the nation safe. That makes me feel anything no. but safe. I was going to say, I don't think oh that's, my gosh. That's, that's not a safety issue. Have you never seen a movie? Will anybody be going back to school? At least mm. in Chicago, there's mm. still a debate about high schools. Yesterday, if you missed it, you can check it out on our podcast. We had a chance to talk to the vice president of the Chicago Teachers Union, who I was, prepa- I was prepared to yeah. be combative. She disarmed me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I thought she was reasonable more reasonable than i've heard other members of the teachers union speaking yeah so maybe they're all not complete crackpots yeah but there's still a concern still a concern about if and when and will the teachers union ever be okay with a return to in-person learning full-time joining us right now is nancy griffin and nancy is with the chicago parents collective good morning Good morning. Tell me, uh, first off, tell me about the Chicago Parents Collective, the uh, the the origination of it and, and, and your membership. So we are a group that started just about three months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a group of parents that have kids in CPS. And we, my husband and I have a first grader in CPS, so we are newer to the system. There are many parents in our group have, who have been going through the CPS system for many, many more years. So we uh, have a lot of people with a vast different experience in, in, with CPS. Um, but there's been a lot of struggle to get the option of in-person learning um, for our kids in CPS. And we started this group, it, out of, frankly, out of frustration um, in that it didn't feel like we were making any progress. We all understand that we're living through a pandemic. That is that nobody's denying that. We know that it is not going to be 100% safe, but frankly, not a single thing any of us do at this moment is 100% safe. So we started um, bringing parents together 
uh, in a group called the Chicago Parents Collective to, to have parents feel like there's a safe space for to get their voices heard and get their frustrations out and talk about things that we can do mm. because there is no parent voice in the current conversation. The conversations happen with CPS and they happen with CTU and everyone says they are representing our kids. And there are a lot of parents that feel that the parent perspective and the child perspective is actually being completely lost in the conversation. I won't argue that. Well, and I thought it was <laughs> interesting yesterday when we did talk to the CTU representative, she I said parents are becoming increasingly frustrated, and she called that a false statement. Yeah, yeah, saying that they're hearing from parents that know they're all... Yeah, who are totally on board with them. And the fact is, the majority of families right now are saying they don't want to go back in person. Well, there there is not... And that's... I personally believe that is up to families. If people don't feel safe and don't feel comfortable, they they can have that option. I... I have friends who haven't sent their kids back to school. You know what? That's totally fine. Every family should have that decision. But there are kids that are struggling with remote learning. The high schoolers have not been back in school for over a year. And all we keep reading about is the mental health issues that are happening for high schoolers that are isolated and not seeing their friends. I don't, I mean, fresh starting a freshman year of high school and never having been in a classroom. Seniors have two months left of school and their, their school their high school careers are just going to end and they may have never stepped in a classroom. It is. And there are people that want to go back. So I understand that there are some that don't, Uh but there, the the number I heard last night is a fourth of high schoolers want to go back. That's still a a significant number of kids that want to go back to school. So even if it's not a hundred percent, that's okay. Some still want to go back and they should have that option. Well, and, and again, we're talking to uh, Nancy Griffin with the Chicago Parents Collective. And, and if we understand correctly, like, like Judy was saying, if it's, if it's only going to be 30% or even if it's 50% of students return, you would think that the teachers and the teachers union would think that's a positive because it would be less crowded, right? You would think, yeah. Like, I'm like, why would, wouldn't that right. be a good thing? Uh, you know, um, I'm, I'm curious, Nancy, how, how you guys are. Obviously, you have been in some sort of limbo where kids are going back to school. They're not going back to school. Distance learning on some way, shape, or form. How did distance learning go for your, uh, it's a first grader, right? He's a first grader, yeah. Yeah. How did that go, the remote learning? So uh, we try not to speak specifically to our child. Oh, okay. Um, just because, you know, a lot of parents don't want to put their own kind of kids and, and, and parent and issues out there. But what I, what I will speak to is we have, so in the idea of the CTU saying, no parents support everything we're doing. We have a group of over 1100 parents in our group. We started three months ago mm-hmm. and we are having more, and it's straight grassroots. We haven't been recruiting. There are more parents joining every single day. So wow. there is a large group of parents, that do not agree with what is happening. So to make a broad statement and say that all parents agree is 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 is, is false. It's yeah. just not true. That's a, I, I um, get that. And, and I, I think I, that. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I think and tell me if you do that. It's gonna the parents are gonna be the key, and they should be the key, right? I, the, your voice I is maybe what's gonna move the mountain here. That's. I mean, we hope, but the problem is we still. We were, we're holding rallies and we're holding press conferences and we're, and we're trying to get as much of our voice out there. And I think that, I mean, that's why we joined, we created this group because what we realized, and again, we're newer to CPS, 
that there is no collective body to represent parents that isn't backed by the CTU or that isn't CPS. So, so you're, you're more of an independent no group, right? We're, comple- we're completely independent. Yeah. We're completely parent-funded, parent completely independent. And that's really important to us. And so that's where we say we'll agree on some things and we'll not agree on some things, but it's a parent voice that isn't being heard and the frustrations that parents are having and kids are struggling with. It, nobody's, nobody's asking those questions. They're, again, everyone says they represent the parents, but there's no parents <laughs> there representing their kids. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Nancy Griffin, again, with the Chicago Parents Collective, you said roughly maybe 1,100 uh, 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 members of your group. And, and you pointed out, there's no way you're all going to agree on everything. Are there consensuses, though, amongst the parents? Are there things where a majority of parents can agree on? Oh, I mean, our, the group right now is 100% behind the option of in-person learning. That is what... The right option, now, not required, the option. Correct. Got it. And the, I would say the majority are um, for in-person learning. That's kind of our, the thing that brings us together right now. But it, everyone agrees it should be an option. Nobody thinks it should be a mandate by the school to say all kids have to go back. But a lot of people need the option. And unfortunately for high schoolers, they haven't even been given the option and they haven't been in school for over a year. Mm-hmm. And... We're two days out from when they're supposed to return. This is where it's bubbling up again. And the teachers union is trying to push it back again. We're two school days out from high schoolers supposed to be in the classroom. Teachers are not in the classroom and they want kids to have vaccines that all CPS officials have been offered the option of getting a vaccine. We delayed elementary school openings by a month in order, three weeks to a month in order to get all teachers and personnel to have the option to have vaccines. So the fact that we are still negotiating and it is two school days from, from high schoolers going back to school and there is no concrete answer. CPS is saying it's happening. CTU is saying we haven't agreed yet. What are families supposed to do? How do you manage a teenager's expectations of what is happening on Monday? Nancy, what do you think this all boils down to? What is this all about? Politics and power. Okay. <laughs> Well, I, I, I think you've got a hell of a lot of evidence on your side to prove that. Right? That's a, that's a tough one to argue against, to say the least. Nancy, thank you for your time today. We wish you the best of luck. Thank you very much. Thanks, we appreciate Nancy. it. She's Nancy Griffin of the Chicago Parents Collective, a group of roughly 1,100 parents yeah. with children in the CPS system who uh, are, are attempting to provide a voice an independent voice for parents. And I think that's fair because for you, the ones most affected. Absolutely. Well, and I say this with all due respect, and that means I can say whatever I want. (laughs) It's in the Geneva Convention. The Chicago Teachers Union does not represent kids. Mm -hmm. Let's be called the Chicago Kids Union. There's not one kid that pays union dues. There's not, well, there's not one kid. You see what I'm saying? There's not one kid on the board. They're not in the business of kids. They're in the business of teachers. But they're not in the kid business. And I don't know if that's necessarily, uh, they would take that as a criticism. No, they're a teacher's union. They don't, when they start paying union dues and start voting in, ele- in union elections, we'll start caring about the kids. Are you concerned about the release of the Toledo video today? We're expecting it. It could happen anytime after 10 a.m. Uh, COPA, 
Chicago Police, City of Chicago, going to be releasing the, an edited version, no doubt, of the body cam video showing a Chicago police officer chasing and shooting and killing a 13-year-old boy. Are you concerned about that? I think everyone should be concerned about it because, as we know in the past, when these videos have been released, uh, people react in different ways, some violently, some inappropriately. I mean, obviously, there's going to be a reaction to this video. I, I would think there is going to be a protest or demonstration somewhere today in Chicago. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping it's, you know, demonstrating that, you know, a 13-year-old lost his life, regardless of the circumstances, because if it's about the circumstances, that could be bad. But we don't know because we haven't seen the video. So we're, we're you know, we're assuming what we're going to see on the video. Right. And, and only, my only assumptions about the video come from the proffer, the prosecutor's and the police. statement. Mm-hmm. In front of a judge, their sworn affidavit for keeping the other man in jail. Uh, you know, so here's what they saw, the evidence that they have. So that's where my belief of the video comes from. And to back but, that up, we're in a period now. Then a couple of years ago, I couldn't have said this, oh. but because a couple of years ago, we would have thought the same thing, say with Laquan McDonald, and then oh my gosh, the video comes out. And, and no, and, and completely, it was completely different. different. Now I think we can't do. They can't do that. They anymore. know better than so, to lie yeah, to you gonna, about what's right. in the video. We're going to assume the prosecution has seen the video. They know everyone's yeah. going to see it. And if Why? they're going to, if they're going to lay out a case, and then we're all going to see a video that's something different, that's well, going to be a big problem. But then I also, and again, at some point you have to trust something. I, I get it. The the state's attorney, the prosecutors, are not going to go lie. In front of a, they can get disbarred for lying in front of a judge. Here's what the video says: video comes out, goes, it didn't do that. The judge is going to go, you back in my court. Yeah. Okay. So I don't believe they went before a judge and purposely misrepresented a video. I, I just don't believe they did. Not a video careers. that's going to be made public. Right. This is the first. This is you know one right. of the first times where we know that we're going to get to see the video rather quickly. That hasn't happened in the past. So I got something interesting. So I live uh, downtown. Mean Streets of Streeterville. Come for the pier. Stay for the tussle. Oh, and for the... F- I never... I get, like, you get emails from... I live in a building. Okay? And I get emails Not like, a you box. Know, we're working on the water. You know, or, you know, all these things. Yeah. I got an email yesterday regarding the civil unrest building protocol. Wow. Of what... what how our building... Access to the building, coming and going from the building, which doors will be permanently locked, etc. For our for our building, yeah. that's very forward thinking. It's a great idea. I mean, I, I, I hate like, to hear I've it. Never but... really gotten anything yeah. like that before. Because I can tell you, and I, I say this, I'm not a people. They accuse me of being a journalist. I'm not a journalist. I've never even never even sat in a journalism school. If there are going to be protests, I'm I'm going to go out. I want to go see it. I'm I'm going outside. I'm yeah. not going to sit inside and watch it on TV if it's happening on the street outside of me. I will go because if nothing else, I want to be able to accurately describe what it is that yeah. that happened. Exactly. I'm not, I'm not going to participate in a demonstration. You're not going to chant or hold a sign, no, or, but I do want to see it and try not to. Throw I, I'm genuinely curious, yeah. and and again, I want to I want to understand. I want to understand what the frustrations are. I want to understand what the issues are. I'm I'm not I'm not close to the idea. 
I'm concerned that we get to the point where regardless of what the video shows, regardless of what the evidence is, regardless of the law or the policy or the training that was followed, some people don't care. Yeah, and those people, it, it and there many times they're not oh, yeah, even no. the protesters. They're and, the antagonizers. Right, but, but to me, you have to accept certain facts. Right. You have to accept that not every time a police officer discharges a firearm, that they do so with malice. Recklessly, with malice, or because they're racist. Like, sometimes there isn't an option. Sometimes this is the situation. How do we get to the point where we can accept it does happen? Does that mean all of them? No. And we should look at each case individually. We should, we should be able to critically look at the difference between the Minnesota shooting. Yeah. The, Deshaun? No. Dante. No, Dante, Dante Howard. Dante. Right, no, right, right. God, I and I apologize. Oh my God, I, I, I know. Dante Wright and George Floyd, and, and George Floyd, yeah. and Adam Toledo. We should be able to look at those and say they are not lumping them all together. No. Three it does, separate it cases. It does a disservice. It does a disservice to each of the victims, and it does a disservice to the police officers and the police departments because they're not all the same, and, and they the, can't and be the community. Yes, and the protesters should understand. You know. I, I mean, what they're protesting is important to them, right? Agreed. So why do they want that diminished? You can't just rush out and protest every time something happens. And I think the city has done a really good job this time with the process, the protocol, right? Mm-hmm. The way they've handled the Toledo case and releasing find the final piece, releasing the video today. So at least Don't they... do you think they've been relatively transparent? Yes. And they, to me, what's been diffused, hopefully, is the... The blind anger, the blind anger of, oh, you my lie, gosh, you police shot a 13 year old police shot yeah. another black man that ain't that. And I get it. But that in this case, there should be none of that because we it's been transparent. We wait till the video comes out and then don't just rush out. Take time to be thoughtful about it. I mean, some people, I don't, I'm going to have a hard time watching that. I don't even want to watch it. Yeah. Of course I have to. I don't have to watch it. But yeah, for, there's, I don't want to watch 13 year old being killed. Like that. I don't want to yeah. see that. But we need to see, we need to make so a judgment. Have a, yeah, yeah. Conversation about it. Um, as I look around the room, without throwing anybody under the bus and without casting dispersions, Jeez. I feel what? safe in saying, <laughs> Miranda, that I am the only one around here who has never smoked marijuana or used a marijuana derivative product. Yeah, of anything. I don't want to be in your group anyway. I'll be in their group. Fair, I was going to say. That's just weird. I'm the weird one. Yeah. I mean, I could say not even tried it. No. No. Any time in your life? Wow. No. Well, same with alcohol. I figure I'd start with that. But yeah. So I, I admit that there's a lot I don't know. Now, I'm not morally opposed to it. I'm not religiously opposed. And I'm actually considering, and, and I'm trying to get there. There's still a stigma with me that maybe there are some products that could help me with things like sleeping. Exactly. Okay? Mm-hmm. Which I've always struggled with. So I want to learn more about it. Joining us right now is Tiffany Pearson with the Canna Cafe. Tiffany, good morning. Good morning, guys. Great to have you on. The Canna Cafe is doing big, big business over there in the West Loop. Congratulations for that. I know there's some issues, if you will, in Alderman this and neighborhood that. And, you know, that, that come, that's, that's what happens when you're a success. If nobody was there, they wouldn't complain, right? 
Right, right. Uh, I have a question for you, though, because uh, one of the things that has stood out, at least with the Canna Cafe, is this thing called Delta 8 THC. Can you explain to me what Delta 8 THC is? So Delta 8 THC is a derivative of hemp. Um, if you're if you're knowledgeable about uh, cannabis, you would know that it splits into groups. Um, you have like the marijuana plant, and those are like what dispensaries would carry, you know, the higher amounts of THC that are over the 0.3%. And then you and then you have the um, hemp side of cannabis where it is under the 0.3% um, Delta 9 THC, but it's also, the, it carries Delta 8, which is a derivative of the actual Delta 9. And as long as it's under the 0.3%, um, it is federally legal. Oh. So, um, yeah, and it is actually quite an additive uh for many, many, many people. So, how are you using it at the at the Cannon Cafe? How, how do you how do you how does Delta Eight get into the products? What do you do with it? So, pretty much, we um, we follow like the FDA regulations. Um, of course, um, we've read so many things. Um, when we there's like a lot of technicality to this Delta Eight. Um, Unfortunately, a lot of people are not knowledgeable about it. But how we use I'm trying it to is, learn. I'm trying to learn, Tiffany. <laughs> yeah, we took we took a we wanted so our main goal at Canna Cafe was to get people to eat healthier, especially blacks, minorities, to mm -hmm. eat healthier food. Especially with COVID going on, you know, we found out that you know, of course, people with underlying issues. A lot of that comes from you know your healthy lifestyle or your unhealthy lifestyle. So we took a healthy menu. Our menu is like vegan, 95% vegan and non-vegan gluten-free. We incorporated that with uh, Delta 8. So like our drinks, they're all organic. We don't use sweets. We don't use sugars. We don't use, um, uh, whole, we don't use milk. So we use like dairy-free products. And so um, we take that and we infuse it into the drinks and we sell it that way. A lot of people come, like not just, people who smoke marijuana we get doctors lawyers nurses everyone comes to canna cafe it's good for everyone so tiffany uh we're talking to tiffany pearson from the canna cafe yes. in the west loop so uh, but there has there has been controversy i know and uh, there's the one side of the controversy with the long lines and the people in the neighborhood and maybe for whatever reason, not liking you, you know, having long lines in their neighborhood. Right. But there is right. also the problem um, of the fact that this isn't like regulated, right? I mean, th this kind of people say this is a loophole that they didn't think about. Are you taking advantage of a loophole, do, do you think? And do you think regulation is coming your way? Um, I wouldn't say took advantage of a loophole per se, uh, just following and unregulated but regulated i think that Ill i think it is a regulation coming i think that uh the government illinois the city we're known for trying to tax whatever we can tax all the way down to soda so we knew that it would be coming if you didn't then i mean you're just not educated about the state but um like i said you know we have the discrepancy between the dispensary saying that we're unregulated and we don't pay the 
25% tax fees or whatever they have, and so we have that. Mm. But I don't think it was more so about unregulation when we came over to West Loop. I think it was – there's no thinking. I know what it was about, and I know that the harassment that we have endured just being one month open over there – um, the complaints being the police being called for a line that was actually a straight line that, you know, they were like, OK, don't block the residential way because we have residential condos over the cafe. Got so it. we fixed that problem in one day and they still complain. They call the city on us. They call the police on us. You know, who calls the police about a line like that's so ridiculous. I know. Right. I want to see a line these days. Let, yeah. yeah long, the longer, the better. Tiffany, can you acknowledge and, and even I talked about before, I, I think there is still a, a, a do I want to say stigma whenever it comes to anything involving marijuana and, and that people uh, I'm, not, I'm not one of them. I, not, I'm not in my offended. neighborhood. I'm not offended yeah. by dispensaries. I'm not offended by natural. It doesn't bother me at all. But right. I still think there's maybe a generation that. You know, thinks it's you kids all hopped up on the weed or something, you know? I think that the way that we, the way that Canna Cafe operates and the responsibility we hold and the high standards and professionalism behind what we do with the cannabis is really, really top notch and strong. I truly believe that if anyone had a concern, we had an open line of communication. So there was no need to jump into full force law enforcement or any of that there could have been a meeting call a group a meeting greet you know but the fact that some people say this is our community but saying it's just their community no this is our community meaning this is all of our communities Everyone. when we bring when we bring a business into a community and it is thriving and there's no nuisance call there's no issues nothing uh, you know, that's bringing jobs to right. the community. Let's right. celebrate that's that. a good thing. This, this yeah. You know Let's what, Tiffany? Successful you know businesses. what those people need? What? One of your drinks. That's what they need. That's what they need. <laughs> we invited them down. We invited them down. We invited them. They get, they get a discount. Discount, you know, local discount. Chill out a little. I hear yeah, you. Chill. Yeah, chill. Come Tiffany, on. It's Tip a vibe. Yeah. <laughs> Tiffany, thank you very much. We appreciate your time today. You're we welcome. wish you the best of luck at yeah, the Canna Cafe. I Tiff appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Yeah, Tiffany Thanks. Pearson. And also understanding, and I'd never heard of the Delta 8 or Delta 9 and these derivatives yeah. and, and how these different things I, I but part of it is we're still learning so much right and because there hasn't been the uh, uh science behind marijuana cannabis hemp etc because it was regulated because it was illegal you yeah. couldn't do some of that i think we're, we're just now learning about some of the other things positives and negatives i'm oh, sure yeah, there's going to be a balance in there and i still I'm, i still haven't gotten to the point where i'm i'm getting closer yeah, yeah see i wouldn't i wouldn't go and get a shake from there. You wouldn't do I, that's no, not... I don't like being high. Okay. I don't like the marijuana high. Got it. But I do the edibles, I totally am favor because as you said earlier, it helps me sleep that, sometimes. Those don't give me the, use, the yeah, and I use yeah, I use it for the medicinal, medicinal purposes. Effect. Yeah, but just getting the straight high is yeah. it does not appeal to me. And it's see, it's really seems, Miranda's looking at you like you're crazy. I know, and it even what seems talking about? I'm thinking you could walk into a cafe and get a drink that has it is kind of even shocking to me. Welcome to 2021. Uh, yes, and, and the Canna Cafe, it sounds delicious. I'm just excited to go. I know. Okay. I knew she <laughs> would be right. Miranda, Miranda was Googling that. Wait, maybe that's where we should Canna go Cafe. today. That's it. Exactly. <laughs> you wouldn't be alone if you're having trouble keeping your protests, police videos, 
criminal charges, cases separate, which one goes with which. And that's that's nothing to be proud of, right? Yeah. <laughs> Hardly. Oh, yeah, um, we were talking earlier about the Adam Toledo video that will be released sometime after 10 a.m. Could happen at 10.01. Could happen later. Obviously, WLS is on top of it. As soon as it is, you'll hear about it. We'll be able to react to it. Um, but are people nervous about that? We've got Randy and Flossmore. Randy, what concerns you about the release of this video? Well, uh, good, morning. good morning. Thank you for uh, having me on. No problem. But, uh, no, what concerns me is all the armchair quarterbacks. Sure. Okay, because I've been in a in a, a situation um, when I, I was part of the, the uh, invasion of uh, Iraq. Okay, and there was a guy that came out of a building shooting at me, <laughs> and shooting at the vehicle I was in. Needless to say, I made him stop shooting. Right, you had to make a decision right then and there. Okay, but that okay, and then two minutes later. There's a kid that comes out who's nine years old. And the whole time I'm like, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't right. do it. Okay. Well, I was forced to do the same thing. And the kid looked to be about nine years old. Wow. And my son was nine at the time. And. Yeah. And I think people focus on the 13 year old with this Adam Toledo. And, and I can understand that. And I think we've tried to make the point. A 13 year old with a gun can kill you just as easily as a 30-year-old with a gun. The problem's the gun, exactly. not their age, right? And, right. What, and what people don't realize is you have a split second, split second to make that decision, okay? But also, I made a, problem, a, a promise to my son that I was going to come home to him, mm -hmm. okay? And I'm sorry people may not like to hear it, but, you know, war is hell, yeah. as the old saying goes. And, and I think and, a lot of police officers feel like they're in the middle of that war as as well. I appreciate it. And thank you for your service, by the way, Randy. I sincerely appreciate that. Yeah, that's tragic. Uh, but, wow. but, yeah, but think about but that's that. That's how it happens. It's it's always a split second, right? And you don't have time to think and, okay, weigh the how, options. How and, old are you? Yeah. You know, before right. they shoot at you, you know. Are you going to shoot me or are you going to drop the gun? I mean, it's you wish you did, but they don't. They have one split second to decide. You know, up in um, in Minnesota, that police officer who was seen on video mm -hmm. and making a split second decision and reaching for her Glock pistol, service revolver, or service weapon instead of a taser, is now facing some charges. But as we talked to an expert earlier, our U of I law professor, it sounds. Like, it is a real long shot that she would be convicted of anything. Well, yeah, and the problem is it, it there doesn't seem to be uh, a compatible charge. Like, and, you know, I didn't realize, and he also brought up Illinois. He said in Minnesota, most other states, they have, you know, the degrees of manslaughter and of murder. But in Minnesota, they they For have something reason. called, yeah, it's, it's reckless. You have to prove recklessness or, you know, and it just didn't, whatever. The, the, they, so they charged her second-degree manslaughter with, with the recklessness um, charge attached to it. And it just, according to the law professor, seems like it's they're going to have a hard time proving that. So now. Because right, you had to have done it, like, wantonly and willingly. Right. And, and even in the video, this is where the, the female police officer says, taser, taser, taser. 
Then, boom, the gun goes off, and she says, oh, bleep, I shot him. And you can see the shocked reaction right. from the other officers. And even if you believe that she didn't, that she did do it on purpose. You still got to prove it. Got to prove it. <laughs> and that's, you've got a video here showing the exact opposite. Right. Yeah. So, it, it, it's, you know, you, it's like they want to, you have to charge her with something. She did shoot him. But if there's not a good charge, nobody wins, right? Right. You can, if you they if they had charged her with murder, she would have. We call it overcharging. If you yeah, overcharge, and you, you can't even yeah. get anywhere near that. And if that. you undercharge, then you 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 piss people off. Right. Well, it's it's yeah, it it's is a hard one. It is uh, needless to say a, a difficult thing. We know that the city. I don't. Want, I'm not trying to put it out in the universe, but I, I get a sense people are a little bit on edge. Mm. Uh, hopefully, reserving judgment. For the Toledo, Toledo video coming out today, watching the video, making a honest assessment of it, and understanding that it, I think Chicago police have tried to be transparent with this and have tried to be forthcoming. It is a, is a tragedy, but it may not be a crime. There's a difference. It doesn't belong on the streets of Chicago. It belongs in a courtroom, in a police station, in a in the city hall, but not on the streets of Chicago. Might be one of the reasons why you you need to have your faith in humanity restored. Judy says she can do it for you right now. South Philly Barbacoa is serving up food and social justice amid the pandemic. When the coronavirus pandemic first gripped Philadelphia and the rest of the nation, it had a ripple effect, of course, on restaurants. We talk about it all the time, as well as as on individuals. Now, husband and wife restaurateurs Ben Miller and Christina Martinez own that famed restaurant. They adapted pretty quickly to delivery service, but they had to let go some staff members and the picture was not too rosy for their friends and community members either. The People's Kitchen serves qual- a restaurant quality meals to those in need. So the couple collaborated with other chefs uh, and volunteers. They serve anywhere between 215 and 300 meals a day. Top of the line meals. Wow. Helping people work, eat, and restoring faith in humanity. That is an outstanding story. Thank you. And filial. Like right, yeah. Remember they boo Santa Claus? Throw <laughs> snowballs at them? Yeah. They're never getting over that. Philly's <laughs> never living that down. Just never. Hey, Judy and I, thank you for spending some time with us today. Also, uh, big shout out to uh, MG and the Posse over there in Mission Control. They press all the buttons and make things happen. Our infant producer, Miranda, on the other side of the double-pane bulletproof uh, glass. Good uh, good on her. Uh, DJ Cheese on the ones and twos. Thank you, sir. And... We've got Nick Gale. He's hanging in there. Nick's going to continue to deliver the news, traffic, weather information you need to know. And today's a day you need to know. Stay tuned to WLLS all day long as we continue to update you on the Toledo video. All right? All that more coming up next right here on 890 WLS. It's the Bruce St. James Show right here on 890 WLS.